This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. Kevin Peterson has been left out of England's squad for the third test against South Africa at Lords. In a statement, the ECB say, whilst we've made every attempt to find a solution to enable Kevin to be selected, we've sadly had to conclude that in the best interest of the team, he'll miss the Lords test. Johnny Bairstow has been called into the squad. I think he's made more than one slip, uh, if we're being honest. It's not just all about these text messages. I think there's been an ongoing sort of dispute or disagreement between Kevin and uh, the England management for quite some time. And uh, the fact that... uh, all this sort of stuff is going on has been a major distraction to the team uh, and England picked the group of players that they believe have got the best chance of, of winning a game and uh, I think uh, the ECB have made the right decision by leaving Kevin out of this game. He retired from 50 over cricket and 2020 cricket as of his YouTube press conference or press release media release he's now available for everything what I suggested is it's a breach of team rules and regulations uh, these alleged text messages are obviously the centre of it all and he's been asked to apologise now he's obviously not going to be at Lords um, for those of the listeners there is a test match starting on Thursday it's Andrew Strauss's 100th test match we're 1-0 down we need to win it to square the series we need to win it to make sure we stay number one in the world so this is a, a big distraction it's something that uh, everyone involved would rather do without I'm Jonathan Agnew and back in the summer of 2012, I and the rest of the cricket media were covering the incredible story of Kevin Peterson's text messages. England's series against South Africa was overshadowed by the revelation that their star batsman, Kevin Peterson, had been sending what were described as provocative text messages to his South African opponents, particularly about his captain, Andrew Strauss. All chaos broke loose with everyone having their say. It really was the most uh, divisive and, I think, unpleasant chapter of English cricket that I've covered in my 30 years. He was dropped for the final test against South Africa at the Oval. Come the winter, England were faced with a tour of India, one of the hardest places to go in world cricket. They needed their star batsman. Peterson was brought back into the team through a process that came to be known as reintegration. Things didn't start well with a comprehensive defeat for England in the first test at Ahmedabad by nine wickets. They went on to Mumbai. And it was here that I and the rest of the Test Match special commentary team, including the Indian great Rahul Dravid, got to witness one of the most incredible destructive innings by an Englishman or anyone in India that I've ever seen. I have to be honest, I think it's easily, uh, and that includes the century that Kevin Peterson made uh, in Colombo, I think it's the best innings I ever saw him play. This is the story of reintegration and runs from the man himself. Context going into the tour of India in 2012 was one of my first tours, I think, having been back after the reintegration process. And it was a big tour. It was a tour where we needed a lot of players playing well. We had a very strong team, a very confident team. Everybody knew what they were doing. Everybody understood their roles. We were training well. We were playing okay. We had uh, raised the bar from any other England test team that I played. And this was going to be one of our greatest tests. We'd beaten Australia at home, we'd beaten Australia away, but beating India away was obviously going to be an incredibly difficult experience. I remember having played a couple of warm-up games on that tour and the opposition that India made us play again were against, we were playing against under nines. Every single batter belted it everywhere. We all thought that we were the best players that had ever taught India. And then we get to Ahmedabad and we play on a wicket that is just a flat road that doesn't bounce higher than halfway up the stumps. 
SAWAG SAWAGs us and we end up getting completely annihilated. So the score goes long now, 191 for nine, and Ojar is in, he's up to the wicket, he bowls, and Swan drives, and he has gone, he's been caught there, and the innings is over, caught in the gully, and England are all out for 191, Swan has gone for three. But I think having experienced those conditions in the test match, we knew that we were going to have to play spin a lot better. I, for one, knew that I needed to play better. I know I wasn't hitting the ball as well, and I made a couple of silly errors whilst batting in that test match in Ahmedabad. Here's Oja with a fresh over, ball to Peterson. Bowled him, bowled him. Awful shot, awful shot. Just talking about left-arm spinners. That's the guy who bought him the brains, hasn't he? He just tried to sweep it from off the stumps, full length. It's absolutely, until he accepts that he does have a problem, his ego's getting in the way of him playing in common, a common sense way. And I did, I came under criticism, but this wasn't new to me. Every time I scored runs, I was good. Every time I wasn't, I was bad. So that wasn't something that I was too perturbed about. I was worried about my technique at the time and thinking, why was I making silly mistakes? Why were my feet not moving as much as they should be moving? Why was I not hitting the ball in the areas that I'd practiced to hit the ball? And so I remember getting out in the second innings and we were going to lose that test match. We were getting bowled out in that test match. And I took, I think it was Andy Flower and Mushtaq Ahmed. I took them into the back of the nets and I batted with them for an hour. All I did is took off my test shirt, kept my pads and I just said, this is just, I'm not hitting the ball well. I'm not, I'm not hitting the ball like I should hit the ball. So I put on a training shirt and I walked straight out to the back of the net while we were getting bowled out. And I went and hit balls there for an hour and just made sure that I was in the right frame of mind to know that what I'd just done five minutes earlier in a test match wasn't what I was going to do in the next test match. Because sometimes you can walk out into the big arena and you can be a rabbit in headlights. And that happened to me often. And you can stand there and go, Jesus, why am I not hitting the ball? I'm supposed to be hitting the ball. Why am I not doing what I did? But you can get overawed by all the excitement, the buzz. You've got silly point, short leg, don't here, slip. You've got all these people around you. It can just be so quick and you just go, right, I'm out. So I wanted to slow that whole process down. I wanted to keep the emotion intact. And the only way that I was going to do that was by concentrating on my defense and making sure that my defense against the spinners, Harbhajan, Pragyanoja, Ravichandran Ashwin, I was going to make sure that my defense against those guys was going to be solid. So I went and just practiced my defense, my feet, making sure I was picking length, making sure that I was working on where I was going to hit the ball, how I was going to hit the ball. And that's what I did for the three days leading up to that uh, Mumbai test match, the next test match. But yeah, I, I mean, I can only speak from my own personal experience of a medibat and say that it was very disappointing because what I practiced, I got caught up in, in just how quick the process happened around me. Oja again comes in round the wicket, bowls to Peterson. Peterson. That's out. Bowls him. Bowls him. <laughs> That's out. He come forward and that is the end of Peterson. His middle stump is lying flat on the ground and at Darrow Dale from England's point of view, the Indians are in transports of delight as you would imagine. The score now is... I didn't need point of proof to anyone in regards to my batting. My batting was what my batting was. And whenever I crossed that white line, that famous test match in Headingley, where I had the worst week of my England career, and I was able to play the way that I played there because I feel like I'm completely free-spirited when I walk out over the white line and I can make 
good decisions, I can make bad decisions. You've got to learn to understand that you have more bad days than good days when you're playing international cricket. You don't score 100 every day. You have more low scores than you have test hundreds. And so when you understand that and realize that you're going to fail, accept failure, understand failure, understand that you're human. For myself, I know that I can continue to be that free spirit whenever I cross the white line. That's just what I wanted to do and that's just how I played and I never wanted to go out and prove a point to anyone. Yep. And out comes Peterson with eight minutes to go before T and he's yeah. facing a left arm spinner. And don't make a cup of tea ladies and gentlemen if you're up you want to listen if you're going to go to work I should wait ten minutes. <laughs> do not miss this. This is electric. This is what you wait for. England's best player against the turning ball the left arm spinner which he has no problem against they don't cause him any problem whatsoever yes. JP says but everybody sit on the edge of the chair I could tell you all sorts here about how I walked out to bat thinking whatever I was thinking one thing I do know is that walking out to bat in Mumbai the previous few days of practice were some of the best days that I'd had practicing in an England shirt. The way that I'd solved the issue of my foot movement from Ahmedabad, the way I was striking the ball, the way I was hitting the ball, and the way I was trusting my defence, I knew that I had a chance. Peterson is coming up uh, to the non-striker's end. He's having a quick chat there with Alistair Cook. They touch gloves. But what a time this is for Peterson to walk out to bat. I passed him this morning. I was going back from breakfast to my room and he was going off on the same floor. He's paid extra, I believe, to be in the best part of the hotel where the team... Well, so have you, obviously, Jeffrey. <laughs> we're over on the other side. <laughs> you never. Of course we are. Oh, yeah. Of course we oh, are. Wow, unlucky. <laughs> so you're so, in the posh part and you saw KP? Yes. Right. Lovely room. What did he say? Beautiful. Now, well, we spoke and um, I said, uh, like, hope you get a little bit of luck. And he said, yeah, we're in a bit of trouble, aren't we? Oh. I said, well, not really. I said, you're, I said, you're our best player. You just get a bit of fortune. You never know. You'll creep you. I, didn't, I actually think that. Look, he does daft things. I told it as I saw it in um, Amna, but he's our best player. Yeah. He played a fantastic innings in Colombo. Now, here goes Harbison, round the wicket, bowls to Cook. Suddenly, great tension out there. And he lost two wickets. You've got to be churlish and mean-spirited if you think that innings in Colombo and that one he played at Headingley weren't fantastic innings. They were. Oh, they were out of this world. And there were just some days when I walked out to bat where I knew I'd get runs. Just, that's it. You, you, weren't, you weren't getting me out today. It was as simple as me taking guard and putting my bat down and I just said to myself, oh, here we go, good luck. And, and that's what it was. But as many of those days that I had, I had quite a few days too where I would take guard I'd ask to be umpire second of leg stump please I'd mark leg stump I'd look around the field I'd put my back down and geez I would go oh no this is this is chaos I'm gonna have to fight like anything here to get myself to 10 and on a number of those occasions I couldn't get myself to 10 because things just didn't feel right but I do remember walking out to bat taking guard at the one Kedi stadium and when I put my back down it felt exactly the same way as I was practicing. It felt exactly the same way as I was playing the spinners in the nets. And I knew that that day I was going to get runs. I didn't know how many I was going to get, but I was going to get runs. It was just one of those days. Zahir goes in, bolster Peterson. Turned away down towards fine legs, running down towards the boundary. Fielder down there, Yuvraj won't get there this time. And that is four runs, and that is the 100 partnership. Listen out for the applause, and I can see some England supporters in the top tier of the Devetcher Pavilion there. 
They're on their feet applauding. These two put together a stand of 103 and they do meet in mid-pitch and touch gloves. And that is a, a fine partnership well played, on this pitch. Well played to both of them. I think you know England needed a big performance from their senior players. They needed a partnership. They lost two quick wickets. They lost Compton and they lost Jonathan Trott for naught. They needed a partnership. And these two have got it. Pushed India on the back foot. They scored quickly. Hardly any chances, Simon. I don't Absolutely. think there's no. It's been a, a curious day. We expected wickets and real struggle for England to, to score runs, but these two have... Well, they haven't just defended. They've been full of positive intent, especially uh, Peterson. He's there on 58 with that boundary, 58 for 77 balls. Andrew? 100 partnership of 162 balls. The 12th between these two. They average 65 has appeared together in 52 partnerships. Very only, good. only Sutcliffe and Hobbs with 15 and Strauss and Cook with 14 of it more century partnership for England. He's come at a very good rate. Here's Harbajan bowling to Cook who leans forward, plays towards extra cover past the silly point fielder. I don't remember the conversations I had with Cookie because we always used to just say, yep, okay, well done, keep going. The generic conversation that you have. He was a left-hander, I was a right-hander. The one thing we always did say to each other was to make sure we're picking length. Make sure you just keep, continue to pick length well and run hard. And that's what we did. We picked length incredibly well. He manipulated the field and bored the life out of everybody, which was exactly what he did. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way at all. I mean that in a really positive way that he was able to get unbelievable miles into all those bowlers legs and into into their shoulders while I was trying my best to do slap Harry on the other side uh, and it was just our partnership that was able to build and build and build and build like that because bowlers had to bowl in different ways to both of us. 232 for two, Peterson on 97, Harbajan goes in to bowl to him and he tries the reverse sweep, it's coming down fine and that is going to be his hundred, what an audacious way to bring up your century, a nonchalant reverse sweep, brilliant from Peterson, his third brilliant hundred of the year, what a year it's been, mixed with controversy as well. Peterson is back, his 22nd Test Match 100. He joins Boycott, Hammond, Cowdery and Cook. In the space of 10 minutes, Cook and Peterson have notched their 22nd centuries for England to join those three others. What a shot to get there, Simon. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, just shows, uh, I mean, just the skill. I guess the skill of, the, uh, of Kevin Peterson to be able to execute that kind of shot at 97, I wouldn't have tried it. I would have gone for the quiet three singles. Remarkable but Remarkable player and a, a great 100. Terrific fighting 100. When they start throwing those names around, I feel quite weird to be a part of all that. And I think that's where I've been since I've finished playing. You look at my numbers, you see the records, and it just doesn't seem real. It seems fairly surreal that all of this has happened to me and the life that I live now out in the countryside and the stuff that I get up to now, all that stuff just feels so surreal. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel like it actually happened. And so, yeah, it's, 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 it's fun listening to it. I mean, I've never listened to the radio commentary of me going to hundreds or any special days. You always watch the TV and you see the TV. But yeah, radio, I suppose, paints such a beautiful picture. So to hear that kind of stuff makes me feel happy. And it's great to reflect on it, but it also sort of surreal. It's I also remember 
since I've finished playing, how I've gone back to Africa. My, I've found my African roots and I'm heavily involved in the world of conservation. And I spent a lot of time in the bush as a simple, simple kid with no shoes on, just a pair of shorts and a t-shirt, running around, caring for animals, looking after people, doing bits and pieces. So when I know that the world that I'm living in at the moment is so different to me scoring test hundreds, it doesn't feel like it's real, actually. It feels like it's completely made up. And it was somebody else. And here is Ojar again in both prison. Prison helps her, hits that away for six, I should think, to mid-wicket. It's, yes, it's gone for six. Umpire Hill signals the same. Peterson down on one knee, a slog sweep. And that's his 150. What a way to get there. 155, he raises his bat all the way around the ground, looking a bit like the Statue of Liberty when he did that. And the, the crowd roaring, the Indians enjoying this it's a marvelous innings it's a marvelous piece of batting 155 talk about a rehabilitation innings this is it i don't know if it felt like a reintegration it was certainly emotional because of everything that had happened uh, was it just basically covering a lot of cracks well it turned out to be like it that it was a complete covering over the crack scenario but i just love batting i just wanted to be batting for england and i just wanted to be scoring runs I wanted to be winning games for England. And I think that's probably my proudest achievement that I think, I think up to date, I'm, I've still got more man of the matches for England or I'm up there with man of the matches for England. And that I think is something that is incredibly pleasing because that's the kind of stuff that you look back in your career and you just think, well, yep, they were man of the match performances. Aaron Peterson's 150, just 201 balls, 19 fours, two sixes. In there for 268 minutes. It's his 10th score of 150 in Test cricket, which equals the English record. Len Hutton and Wally Hammond got 10 each as well. When he gets them, you see, he gets them so quickly and just takes the game away from the opposition. He has such a wide range of shots. And even yesterday, when he batted sensibly, didn't make any false shots, didn't play against the spin or anything, he was still scoring around about 70s, wasn't he? He, he scores quickly without trying to, and then if he gets going, then he, you know, he just butchers the bowling. I know I travel to India a lot as well now, and Indians always say it's the best, or certainly the, a lot of the broadcasters say it's the best innings that's ever been played by a foreigner on Indian soil. And again, that doesn't feel right because it doesn't feel like it's me because of the world that I live in now. So I was able to do some fun things. I was able to do some cool things. And hearing the radio celebrate those moments is something that I've never heard before, so it makes me smile. In goes Oja once again, round the wicket, bowls, and Peterson's already down on that left knee, he gets a little bit of a top edge as he sweeps, he'll probably run away for fours, a fielder streaking round that boundary, uh, who dives full length, I think takes the ball with him, he does, it's four more, a little bit top edgy, but Peterson's just hitting the ball all over the place at the moment, some of it uh, intentionally, some of it uh, just for a little touch of edge, but the lead now 41. And I think I'll put this innings into context, Rahul. I mean, you, you can't. This, this is a wonderful innings, isn't it? Yeah, it's been fantastic. I mean, it's when you look at the score, he's got one, one, how many balls, Andrew? 180 and. Two to five balls. Two to five balls. You think you, he's playing on a flat uh, yeah. flat wicket somewhere, but it's, you know, it's turned, it's bounced, and his batting after 100 has been exceptional. Some of the shots that he's hit, uh, the couple of sixes over deep mid wicket against the left arm spinner, the, the shot cover. over oh, extra cover as well. Yeah. No, he's a remarkable batter. He's a one off incredible to think that all those 
things have been said about something that I've done because it seems such a long time ago that it doesn't seem real. But to think and cast my mind back to it, the reason why they say that that innings was so special was because of the amount that the ball was spinning and bouncing at that stadium. Now, my immediate answer to that, as I do discuss this with so many people, especially in India, is that the ball was spinning too much. So I wasn't able to nick it. I wasn't good enough to nick the ball. And that was my philosophy that it's okay. I'm going to play and miss. Yes, he, he went back there and uh, let's have a look. It's a, it just it's turned and actually beaten the outside edge and missed the off stump. Well, that one, yes. I Not far from the edge. Uh, Dhoni almost in play there. It's a good ball. Oja, I think there's no justice. There's going to be balls here that are going to play and miss. And it's going to happen. It is. It's going to happen. But let me tell you, when I connect, she's going to go. Here's Oja. And uh, that's a remarkable <laughs> shot of a number of bizarre strokes Peterson has played. He's just lofted Oja over extra cover for six. Uh, it was rather like somebody swatting a mosquito. That's all I can describe it as. It was just a, a, a sort of a, a swish of the bat, and it has flown over extra cover for six. It's an amazing shot. He stood tall and swatted it, didn't he? Disdainfully. I never let them bolt to me, and I didn't want to let them bolt to me. I knew that my defence was in such good order with the preparation that I'd gone into that test match to know that if they bowled their best ball, I could defend it. And every single time I walked out to bat knowing that I was in complete control of defending their best ball, then I knew that uh, it was a day that I was going uh, to get runs. And I wasn't guaranteed 100 for sure, but at least I knew that that was the day that I was going to get. And a lot, of those, a lot of the times when I played shots that people were thought, what on earth are you playing that short shot for in your 20s and your 30s and you've given away a test... It was because I was playing so well, and in my mind, I was playing as well as I could, I could do anything. And my defense was so good that I could literally hit the ball wherever I wanted to hit the ball. And that was what I felt a lot of the time when I played. And I got criticized on however many occasions. Stupid shot, careless shot, reckless shot, why has he done that? And it's just, well... I did that because I thought that I could actually hit a thing. That's what I did. That was my mindset. Oja to Peterson, tossed up. Is he caught behind? Yes, he is. He went for the drive, got the edge, threw to Dhoni. Oja celebrates. Peterson immediately walked off. A couple of the Indians walk over to pat him on the back and congratulate him. Peterson's magnificent innings is over. He has gone caught behind. It's 382 for six. The lead is 55. The flags are waving. They're standing up around the ground, celebrating and applauding as well, applauding their team and applauding Peterson's wonderful innings. What an exceptional innings it's been from Kevin Peterson. 186 of the best of 233 balls. The Indians will be mighty pleased to see the back of him. It's great to see the whole crowd has stood up to applaud the England dressing room, standing up to applaud what's been a fantastic innings. You are pleasantly surprised at how loud the Barmy Army are and how brilliant their supporters and how good they make you feel and how dedicated they are to the England cricket team. It's something I never took for granted. I was never one to go and socialise with Barmy. I wasn't really a, a great socialiser and I never have been and I never will be a great socialiser going out and drinking with people and 
doing all sorts of things that other players would maybe do. But I hold I hold the greatest deal of respect for the Barmy Army. I love the Barmy Army, and they were certainly very very loud uh, on many an occasion in Australia. Every time he toured the Caribbean, in at the Wankhede Stadium in particular, that tour uh, in Sri Lanka, and some afternoon spells when our bowlers were absolutely rooted. And the Barmy Army would start singing Colombo or Gaul. We, we as England cricketers, are very fortunate to have such passionate, such knowledgeable, and such committed fans. They've got three men back, long off, deep cover, deep back of square leg. Panasar bowls to Sewagu, leans for, he's caught. He's caught in the gully. Panasar has made the breakthrough. Sewag pushed forward, and Graham Swan took the catch low down, and India have lost their first wicket. They are 30 for one, and Sewag is out for nine. Swan, who mops his brow, gives the ball a rub, dries his left hand on the back of his trousers, spins himself a catch, turns round and comes in again now. Bowls over the wicket, and oh, yes, he's caught! Caught in the leg side, and Pujara is out. This is his first failure of the series. Caught at short leg, and very well too, I think, by Bairstow, who went very quickly, very quickly indeed to his left. And Pujara fails for the first time. He's out for six. And Swan takes a wicket in his first over. And that is a big wicket. Panasar and Swan were bowling so fast and getting the ball to really zip and spin at such a rate of knots. That was the, the deciding factor in that tour. Panasar it is. He's in now. He bowled. Oh, oh. LBW is gone. And Panasar's got him. LBW. He went back and he might think another time he's gone forward. It scuttled through onto him. He was absolutely plumb. And umpire Alim Dar confirmed the decision immediately. Tendalka walks quickly off like a man who wants to get it over with as quick as he can. Uh, the crowd is standing. This may be the last time they see him in a test match with his pads on here at the Wankhede Stadium or anywhere else in Bombay. He's walking into a sort of eerie silence combined with a sort of farewell applause. It's a, it's a wonderful moment for England, a moment of devastation for Tendulkar and India. The Indian spinners started to try and bowl like us and then when we went and played against them in Kolkata, was like, what are you guys doing? You're not even bowling the way that you're supposed to be bowling. That's why we won that test match. Every ball, and I have to, you're right, Rahul, and I know, you, you know England have taken a couple of wickets, so it is different, but you just feel that Panasar and Swan are more threatening than uh, than India's spinners. They bowled a better length, Jonathan. They've pitched the ball up on this wicket, and they've used the rough a lot better, I feel, than, than the three Indian spinners. And that's why we were able to defend that uh, draw in Nagpur. This might be the last ball. In goes Gambia and he bowls it and it's just blocked away into the leg side and let's see what happens now. Ian Bell, I think he's going to shake hands. They do shake hands, he turns and MS Dhoni, the Indian captain, taps him on the back to say well played. He's 116 not out and Joe Root, I see, has already grabbed a stump at this end. What a memorable match for him in which to make his debut as England draw this final test of the series and win their first series in India for 28 years. And there's handshakes, there's hugs, there's embraces. Satisfaction and achievement, because I do rank that win as a, uh, as a team, as a series, one of my greatest as well. 2005, amazing. The 2010 World Cup, amazing. The 2012 beating of India in India. 
top three. Those are the top three. Well, that was Kevin Peterson talking us through his incredible innings in Mumbai. England won that match by 10 wickets. They went on to win again in Kolkata before drawing the final test in Nagpur. No visiting team has won a test series in India since. Well, can England match that feat this time around? The first test in Chennai begins on Friday. There will be coverage on the BBC Sport website and app, as well as a daily test match special podcast at the end of every day's play with me, Jonathan Agnew, Michael Vaughan, and many of your test match special regulars.